So Crisp, a tasty bite-sized podcast that serves business, bravery, branding, beauty, sex, love, motherhood, womanhood, feminism, labels, psychology, marketing, messaging, mavenry, musicals, and the mess we call life. All deliciously dished up and ready to consume. In fact, is there anything we don't discuss? Not with Jay Crisp Crow, copywriting queen from Crisp Copy in the kitchen. I hope you're hungry. you've happened upon my other love job podcast, Shrews Untamed, you know I don't shy away from ripping apart what we believe as feminists and peering at the guts inside. And when your client base is 99% women, as mine is, you have to know some stuff about the way women work, how our brains deal with the story we've been told about being business owners, what we tend to believe about ourselves when marketing, heck, even how we have a propensity to start emails with, I'm just popping into your inbox to let you know. If you have a thing about the dreaded just word, just wait. I have a new SoCris podcast coming about that next week. There's certainly been a shift towards women embracing their own feminine powers when it comes to business ownership, scale, growth, money-making, respect, demanding, which is great, fabulous. But there's a flip side to that too, and to the rise of the feminine marketer. Last week on my other podcast, we dipped our toe in the belief systems that mainly middle to upper class, mainly white women are fed. The universe has our back. We can do anything with the right mindset. It's not the world keeping us down, it's ourselves, which is also great, fabulous, only when it's not, when we're not one of those women. Because the fact is having choices and the right mindset and a belief system that's somehow modelled on someone who teaches this to paying women works for women who are at their core privileged. Now, Martha Barnard Ray and I connected over recommendations for coffee shops in the south of Western Australia, but we decided to do this podcast together because of my socials chatter about putting together that other podcast about toxic positivity. And boy, oh boy, does Martha have some things to say. And she's well situated to say them. When Martha mentioned she'd done her thesis on high achieving female students and their relationship to femininity from a post-structural perspective... Oh, I got so excited. Is that the perfect So Crisp fodder? Yes. Welcome, Martha. Do you want to tell people what you do with that thesis and what kind of business you run? Hi, Jay. Thanks so much. Um, Well, I wrote that thesis a few years ago um, when I was an English teacher. Um, And it was really, really interesting to look at the ways that high achieving female students, you know, had a relationship or not to femininity and feminism. Um, But in the meantime, I've started a business called Word Candy um, and my partner, Bet Gleason and I work together to help the good folks of the great Southern of WA and the entire internet um, (laughs) spread their message of whatever it is their thing is to as many people as possible. So, um, so you said something really interesting there, the difference between what, what do you think the difference is between femininity and feminism? Well, femininity, so I might just, just talk about the post-structural piece just to get that out of the way. So we're not all kind of stumbling around that because it's a very confusing word to describe, uh, kind of a simple thing. Um, so before post-structuralism, there was humanism. Um, And the whole point of humanism was putting people into boxes. And that's where like the male female binary became um, very, very strong. So at its most simple, post-structuralism is a rejection of binaries. So a rejection of the male female, strong, weak, sort of 
those binaries where like women are this and men are this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So when we think about femininity and feminism, we all know that feminism is just people being treated with an equal amount of respect, regardless of their gender or their sex. Mm -hmm. Um, But femininity kind of goes along with a lot of those binary ideas. So even like the traits that are considered feminine are those like kind of softer, um, more um, communicative, engaging traits, whereas the ones that are considered masculine are different, right? Mm -hmm. So what I found in my thesis is, is, and I do have to say, like I was interviewing high school students, year 12 students, Um, And even me as a little mini Martha, when I was in year 12, possibly would not have identified as a feminist um, because of the word feminism, right? It's a a word that needs a rebrand. It's a rebrand. So, so the, the girls were very quick to kind of identify um, the difference between masculine and feminine mm-hmm. and maybe how they were operating outside of that binary. But it was really interesting because they were very reluctant to identify as feminists. Yeah. Uh, look, we, I've, uh, we found that with, with the other podcast that I, that I mentioned, there are, there are people that support the cause and really dislike the label. Yeah. Um, and, and like passionately and vocally, yeah. <laughs> argue yeah. against um, us, us calling ourselves that. So maybe, yeah. maybe it doesn't need to be. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with it. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> Heck yes. Um, and they're still, te- they're still teaching that. I've, I've told this story before um, where um, my daughter came home. She sent me a photo actually from school, which they're not allowed to do, um, yeah. where they were taken on a day retreat and given two lots of values and two lots of characteristics yeah. and asked to put them um, in a feminine um, so, you know, the teacher described it as yin and yang. They were given all of these characteristics, all of these um, character traits and values and asked to separate them into male and female mm-hmm. sections. And mm-hmm. she was just so incredibly horrified that they were totally. doing that. Mm. Um, you know, I pay for that education. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess... Uh, I mean, when they're looking, like I was an English teacher, and so when they're looking for symbolism, like people mm-hmm. are comforted by saying, this is a feminine thing, and this is a masculine thing. And, but like, I mean, I guess then you have to kind of add the postscript to everything of like, not all women, like it just, yeah. Yeah. I think if we could just let go of those ideas of feminine and masculine traits, and just call them something else, I think that would be more productive. All right. Okay. I think that, that's a good idea. Let's come up with that. <laughs> what mm. is something else? Okay. So w- once we kind of understand that this, is, that this is the way that we do need to move forward, how do you think that as women business owners, who are the majority of people who listen to this podcast, how do we actually and practically do something with our knowledge about the way that we've been taught to believe about things? Because realizations are again, great, fabulous. How do we conduct ourselves in business and then the world after we have those realizations 
I think that's the telling aspect of things, right? Like we can learn things and go, yeah, that's great. I understand that now. I'm not going to do anything about it. So how do we do a thing? Um, I think that before you do a thing, you have to think a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's really, I mean, I, a lot of us have probably done this. Like, what do I value in my business and, and how am I going to demonstrate those values? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, while you're having that sort of discussion or while you're having to think about that, just kind of really, um, identifying how you're going to identify yourself, how you're going to conduct yourself in conversations, how you're going to refer to your colleagues. Um, like, and this is just me, right? But I do not identify as a boss babe. Um, (laughs) mompreneur I just don't yeah so and that's me and like no shade to anyone who does identify like that yeah and I I completely agree with you but I think that those what those labels do you're right it it does make us feel some comfort but it also it's almost like using hashtags or SEO keywords it allows us to find each other and it allows us to find communities of people on the internet when Mm. we do own businesses who might be similar to us and might feel similarly about things and who might, you know, be good colleagues and good collaborators. So it's almost like sometimes I feel like it's a, it's a means to an end. It it is, but it's a means that I struggle with. (laughs) I, because I mean, it's, it's the semantics and, and words matter and you know that, and Mm -hmm. I know that. And, and so for me, when I am sort of doing a hashtag and I go, oh, maybe I should hashtag this boss babe. And again, no shade to anyone who does. Mm -hmm. But I think that that sort of diminishes women. Mm -hmm. Um, There are no like dadpreneurs. There are no men who are in business who are identified yeah, busted, uh, in right. addition to being entrepreneurs, it's like, oh, but he's like a dad one or like he's a boypreneur. Like it's just, it's just not a thing. Like I, I just, I just wonder if having entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs kind of just continues to speak to that narrative of like, yeah. well, we can expect less from these women. Yeah. Or, you know, they're doing all this other stuff with their kids. And so, you know, they're not really doing a business. Mm-hmm. And, and then we need to think about, like, who benefits from us thinking about ourselves in that way? Yeah. So who is kind of the real business owner if we've got, like, a cute label associated with us? And, I, like, I just want to say, again, I do not judge people who identify by these terms, like that is completely up to you. This is just my, um, steeped in feminism, um, (laughs) approach. Yeah. But I, like, I think that what, what, what women can be doing is going, let's work together to come up with empowering terms that we can identify with. Absolutely. Anytime you talk about this stuff, you do open yourself up for people who are quite comfy 
in their little spot where they where they think about themselves and how they think about themselves. Um, I ran a webinar about, and I included the words to cull from your website, and one of them was female. And the mm. kickback from that was mm. enormous yeah. um, because it isn't an inclusive word. It's a scientific term that only we really use. You know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. an yep. animal thing. It means you have reproductive organs and reproductive parts. Like it's not. Mm women is a much more inclusive term um and and i was really surprised by that uh, like that fiery impassioned fight for women to be able to call themselves female entrepreneurs or fempreneurs or whatever it is and 100 percent, you can still do that Um, but i love these conversations because i think even though you do open yourself up for people going oh that's that's a bit of wank. It, yeah. it does um, allow some people to just think. I've never. A couple of people said I'd never thought about that before. I had That's the thing. Ever ever heard it described that way, which yeah. I did a much more eloquent job, obviously. In the well, and and that's the thing, and like, and and that um, almost angry response, yeah, is just a normal human response to having a belief that you have, even if you haven't really thought about it. But having a belief that you've had or a an understanding that you have about yourself slightly challenged. Challenged, yeah. Um, and, and it's a really normal thing to cling to the thing that you think is true or that you believe is true, right? And so that's why we kind of need to interrogate those ideas that we have about ourselves or as the ideas that we have about women or people who identify as women, like, why do we think this about them? Who benefits from me thinking this about women? Like, what things have I been told that make me think this? And, and it's not like you have to do this about every single um, term and change your mind about every term, but like, it is a really useful way to really identify what you actually believe mm. instead of just accepting that which has been kind of given to you by, let's face it, a patriarchal society. Yeah, the patriarchy. This episode is brought to you by the brand new Fresh as a Daisy Crisp Copy Blogathon. Spend four modules working on your blog copywriting with me, Jay Crisp Crow, in a self-paced platform bursting with recordings, downloadables, and copy blogging advice. Use the code SoCrispPodcast to get 15% off your blogathon spot at crispcoffee.com.au forward slash blogathon. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, it's, that's, I mean, that's the basis of, and I know that you work in a similar way. That's the basis of figuring out what your brand stands for. If we're taking it to a business perspective, that's the first thing you've got to sit down and do as part of your foundational work is what do I stand behind? What do I stand for? What do I deliver in the world? What do I believe? What do I know my people need? This Mm. is the, you know, this is my little soapbox as big or as small as it is. And this is what I would stand for. And I think one of those things as people who identify as women in business need to be okay with is that, that can change. You can be yes. wrong and that's all right. Oh, yes. It's okay to say to your people, do you know what? I learned a thing and I figured out I was wrong about that other thing. And now I'm telling you about it because yeah. not only will, I mean, you might get some fiery Facebook messages, but mm. the right people will go, I like that. I like mm. that about you. Mm. Yeah. So I, I honestly, <laughs> and look, this is this small business ownership. 
Let's rock to my little world. I honestly believe that you can not not change if you're a yep. woman and you've started your own business. It's uncomfortable. It's confronting. It's bloody hard work. All the you know power of manifestation. Blah blah blah. blah, 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 blah um, <laughs> aside, it does require you to tap into all kinds of skills and practices you might not have the muscles for yet, but you darn well work them out quick, smart, because otherwise you fall into a messy, gooey puddle. Yes, um, exactly. But change, like you just said, no matter how lofty the end goal is in, you know, what we're talking about today, maybe the end goal is actually being an inclusive brand or an inclusive business owner. It's really hard. Mm. Um, when you add that to learning to manage your own books, doing your own marketing, constantly engaging in professional development, learning new things about your industry, standing out, doing better, learning to onboard clients and ask for praise and insert, add to this list, whatever you never considered when starting your own business and now you have to tackle on a daily basis. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> it is tough. Yes. So, you know, we're copywriters, you and me, and we love a yes. CTA. So yes. what can women listening to this podcast today do? That one small thing, if they decide that they want to peer into their own understanding of how they work in the world, you know, you said before, you've got to have a grand think. You've got to have mm. a grand think with yourself. What mm. are some teeny tiny little things that people can do, um, that can start to do after they've sat down and had words with themselves? Read. Yes. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's I, <laughs> you, you have to read. Yeah. You have to read to be, in my opinion, in life <laughs> but it, it just allows you to you know we've got this this world where everything is 140 characters and reels I mean as awesome as they are it's just like distilling these things into yeah. the least nuanced possible yeah. format right yeah. Yeah. so I am a very big fan of reading um essays by feminists. <laughs> um, and they're not all like, they do not have to be boring or aggressive in the way that essays by feminists can sound because feminism needs a rebrand. But I am a huge fan of Roxane Gay, who's mm. a feminist writer. Oh. She is just, and, and if you are a person who um, doesn't like to read or listen to audiobooks. She has done quite a lot of podcasts. I was just listening to her yesterday on um, Jamila Jamil's podcast, mm -hmm. which is called I Way, um, and Roxanne Gay was on there. But she, Roxanne Gay has written um, a book called Bad Feminist, um, and it's hilarious because she kind of tells you about her whole life, and then she's like a very serious woman with a PhD who is also obsessed with Sweet Valley High, and like... I just love that. <laughs> um, of course, we have our queen, Clementine Ford, who has written some really, really amazing articles and two books about um, the ways that we can engage in the world as women mm -hmm. and the choices that we can make. And then I've just also finished reading Lindy West's second book, uh, or maybe her third book, sorry, but it's called The Witches Are Coming, which is the best title, like, I have ever heard. Um, and she's a funny, smart, inclusive, 
I like she's a joy to read. Yeah. Because it's not all serious. And she doesn't use the word post-structural once. <laughs> and it's like light reading that actually can make you have conversations with your friends or your colleagues or yeah. your partner or your kids or yourself about yeah. exactly about yeah. you know your life and how you're going to live your life. So read is the answer to that question. Yeah. I love that. From that's, my perspective. <laughs> and everything is so accessible. I think sometimes that, that same webinar, that I've run it a couple of times and sometimes people say, well, where did you find out about this stuff? Like about cultural appropriation mm. and 15 seconds on the Google found oh me this amazing, cool. you know, this list of 150 of the most amazing articles that you will ever read yeah. um, about yeah. how this impacts people on a you know, on a daily basis and how this impacts whole communities and societies of, of women. Um, Absolutely. And, and that is all at the touch, of, you know, at a touch of your fingertips. It's 15 mm -hmm. seconds away from you actually just changing your perspective on something and yeah. learning to stand there with someone else for a minute and, and, and look at the world the way that they um, have to move through it. So. Yeah. And I think, sorry, I've got one more. Is that allowed? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that and we need to kind of let go of this idea that women um, and people who identify as women need to be palatable. Um, if yeah. you have decided that you have a business value that you really believe in and you want to share that with your audience, that's okay. Because if the people that like, are not your people aren't going to like it. Like they were never going to work with you anyway. No. Like, so yeah, right. I just think that, you know, it's okay to let people know and, and share these things with the people that you work with, because yeah. I think it's a really good way of sort of self-selecting um, yes. or, you know, yeah. I love that. I think one of the, one of the greatest freedoms that I've had during this business and that I didn't understand before was that I couldn't make everyone like me. And as soon as I was okay with the fact that people that I really, really wanted to just love me, just love yeah. me. I love yeah. you. And why don't you yeah. like me? As soon as I got over that, I realized that I could say and do <laughs> a whole lot of things. I had all of this freedom because I wasn't, I was no longer chained to yep. hoping because they're not going to anyway. They're just not going to. So you would either give them a good reason or a not good reason. Yeah. We yeah. may as well give them a good one. Yeah. And I, I have found it really freeing because I was a teacher before and there's a very specific way that you have to write. And there's a very specific number of rules about the way that you're not allowed to say what you think about things. And I just find this business to be so freeing because I can just say the things that I believe and, yeah. and those things are part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not stuffing them down. So yeah. given you're a copywriter and I'm a copywriter too, and words are our jam. How do you think that this kind of self-education can change your copywriting practice or the way that you communicate your particular value to people? Like, you know, for some of us, I'm slapping it on my homepage a lot of the time, yes. but not everybody has to do that. <laughs> so, you know, some, some of the, you know, 
what are some ideas that you might have? What, you know, and one of the things is, and my daughter picked me up on this because all 99% of my clients are women. And I always say women in business. And she always picks me up as soon as I say it and say, and says, um, people who identify as women, like yeah. immediately every time. And that's just ingrained in her because that her belief system at 17. Yeah. Um, but I always forget. And that's something that I constantly have to remind myself to say, because that is part of my brand. I welcome anybody who identifies as a woman. That's my gig. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I think doing this reading and trying to learn as much as you can um, just makes you understand the power of words and mm understand how important it is to use inclusive language. And, and I think that when you um, are kind of steeped in this kind of literature, um, like for example, I was writing copy for a wedding photographer mm-hmm. um, and, the, and she takes beautiful photos and I was doing like, you know, when you send you in your expression of interest or whatever, they send you like the book that tells you all about how to become their client or whatever. So I was yep. writing that for her. And all of the photos in her book were of heterosexual couples. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just popped in and like, I didn't check with her. I just assumed that this was fine. And of course it was, <laughs> but I just popped in something like, you know, all of these photos are of heterosexual couples. If you are in a same-sex couple or whatever kind of couple you you are in, I am really open to celebrating your wedding with you and I see you. And those kind of choices where like this woman had not had the opportunity to photograph um, a same-sex wedding yet, Mm -hmm. but I think it's good to know, like good to let people know that like they're welcome there. Yes. those yeah. choices can really make people feel seen and included. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it does need to be explicitly said a lot of the time. Because yeah. And especially if your visual people, cues don't show it yet, no, because, no. you know, when we're often on the internet, the visual is the thing that we see first. And so we make assumptions. Yes. The copy sometimes has to either justify that or set people straight. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I said, Hey, are you comfortable with that? And she was like, Oh my God. Yes. Yes. I love it. Like, so I think when we're writing the words um, and then having all of this sort of information and knowledge kind of floating around, it just, those inclusive choices just happen more and more naturally, the more you immerse yourself in that knowledge. I love it. Awesome. Well, Martha, Martha, Martha Barnard. Have I said your name correctly in the entire time? You have. Martha oh. Barnard Ray. Yes. Martha Barnard I, Ray. It's gorgeous. I was at a party on the weekend and my um, place card said Martha Ray. And I was like, I, this person doesn't exist. I don't know who this is. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, on the other podcast, which I've mentioned a lot today, and I don't think I've ever mentioned it on So Chris before, on the other podcast, we consistently get people's names wrong. And we've just had a discussion with each other where we've said, this is unfeminist to not learn how to correctly pronounce someone's name before you talk about them. <laughs> so we're, we're picking ourselves up for that. And I should have remembered. Well, Martha Barnard Ray, thank you so much for being so crisp with me. And you are a fellow foodie copy punny writer. So I'm letting you take us out. Um, do the may your day be so crisp as bit. Yes. Um, may your day be crisper than Moira Rose's parenting style. <laughs> this is 
Yeah. <laughs> this has been so crisp. My guest has been Martha Barnard Ray, one sweet half of Word Candy with her co-founder Beck Gleason. Martha spends her days helping businesses tell their stories in memorable ways. Thank you again, Martha. Thank you so much, Jay. You've been listening to So Crisp with copywriter, copy coach and consultant Jay Crisp Crow. If you've loved this episode, get all the juicy details and links at crispcopy.com.au forward slash podcast. Make sure you never miss a bite by subscribing to So Crisp wherever you get your podcasts. Want to help us spread the deliciousness? Rate and review this show and share with your mates. Remember, if there's a copy question you want nibbled at, email me straight away right now.